0: We're hardly aware of it anymore because it's all around us, in the world, in our culture, in the media, and in our community. But friends, we live in an antagonistic and litigious time when self-interest and self-justification are rampant and an unforgiving spirit seems to rule the day. Hardly a week goes by, at least in the media, where we don't see some crazy lawsuit. Just this past week, I heard about someone suing Starbucks for putting too much ice in the iced coffee for millions of dollars. Yeah. Just leapfrog around the globe and you will find in practically every section of our world people who want to blame and beget wrongdoing with wrongdoing. And so violence begets violence, and bloodshed begets bloodshed. Hatred, discrimination, and lack of forgiveness are not limited to those who are non-Christian, though we may want to categorize it that way. Many who have called themselves Christians have been guilty of some horrendous things throughout history. But not just back then. Even now, but as we look at the world scene, places like Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq, Israel, and throughout the Middle East. The players may be different. The geography slightly different. But the scene of human hurt changes little. And it's not just over there. It's also right here in our own country and our own communities. Terrorists seem to prevail. There is much fear. We look no further than San Bernardino in recent times. And more Americans are killing Americans than ever before, both in the streets and in homes. We've had it here in the South Bay. And most people that I've ever talked with don't like these horrible situations, wherever they are. And most people I visit with say that, yes, forgiveness is an important thing. But when something unspeakable happens to you, the idea of forgiveness and its reality are two entirely different things. Retribution is the norm if someone does something wrong, he or she should have to pay. In politics, you'll hear a candidate say, when asked about being nasty, it depends. If they're nice, then I'll try to be nice. But if they're nasty, I'll be real nasty. An eye for an eye. In recent years, you've probably heard about, if not had to practice, Tough love. You all know what tough love is, right? When you have to tell a friend or a loved one something that's not pleasant because you're not tolerating a certain behavior or action. You see, God has a tough love requirement that takes us to a different level where we are to forgive every single person for every hurt or injury, no matter what. And many of us are saying to ourselves, yeah, right. Do you remember the riots following the Rodney King verdict here in L.A.? Remember the riots? Reginald Denny was dragged from his truck and viciously beaten by a raging gang. And after his painful recovery, he met face-to-face with his attackers. He shook hands and he forgave them. Do you know what a reporter said? A reporter commenting on the scene wrote, It is said that Mr. Denny is suffering from brain damage. Let's turn to our scripture passage. In Matthew, Jesus says, don't let your anger get the best of you and don't insult others. And if you do, go and make it right. My mother always told me, if you can't say something nice about someone, don't say anything at all. The problem is many people don't mind saying something about another person as long as the other person's not around. And so with that old adage, if you can't say something good about another person, don't say anything at all. There are those who take great delight in saying, yeah, and if I got a really good one to tell you about Joe. Paul puts it this way in our Ephesians text. So then putting away falsehood, let all of us speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry, but do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, get over it and make things right. Let no evil talk come out of your mouths, but only what is useful for building up. As there is need so that your words may give grace to those who hear. Put away from you all bitterness. Wrath and anger, wrangling and slander, together with all malice, and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Forgive us our debts as we. Forgive our debtors. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. God's tough love requirement is right here at the heart of the Lord's prayer. The prayer begins with God and God's graciousness. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread it's about God and God's graciousness but here it turns now to our relationship with one another forgive us as we forgive Think back to some of the world situations I mentioned earlier or perhaps to one of the worst things that was ever done to you. Forgiving is life's excuse me, forgiving is love's revolution against life's unfairness. Let me say that again. Forgiving is love's Revolution against life's unfairness. When we forgive, we ignore the voice of the world which says we should get even. And there's something about that kind of godly love which releases us from our painful pasts. Years ago, a distinguished minister in the city of Boston Numbered among the members of his congregation an individual who kept up a running vendetta against him. This parishioner was responsible for poison, pen, letters, anonymous calls, clicks, and oppositions. An open movement to dismiss the man from his post. And after a number of years, this member moved out west. There, under more tranquil circumstances, and perhaps under the pressure of advancing years in the quiet of a broad, expansive sky, her heart was penitent, and she wrote to ask pardon of the preacher whose trail she had dogged for so many years. Dr. Conrad's response was in the form of a three-word email. Forgiven. Forgotten. Forever. Forgiving and being forgiven can resolve discord and even bring peace. In human relationships, we will inevitably disappoint and hurt one another. It's built into the nature of relationships. It happens. And for those who have been around for the past couple of years, you know that there has been a lot of discord in our church family. I have apologized publicly for any hurt that I might have produced in our community of faith, and I've done that on a number of occasions. And I can honestly say that I harbor no anger toward anyone who tried to hurt me. But whether it is in the petty world where people gossip or in the world of physical batter battle and bloodshed, people seem to go on hurting one another, thinking they don't really mean to because one hurt deserves another. So the attitude goes, if you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you, and the cycle just is perpetuated. That can only be broken by the true revolution of love, which is forgiveness. Otherwise, pain piles upon pain until all is bitterness and resentment and God's spirit of life dies. Jesus knew human nature well enough to know that we want God to forgive us without us having to forgive all others. How often have we thought to ourselves, I didn't do anything wrong. It was the other person. If everyone thought that, no one would be responsible for anything. Jesus said, don't try to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye until you've taken the log out of your own. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. William Temple, who was the Archbishop of Canterbury in the first half of the 20th century, wrote these words on forgiveness. You see, it makes all the difference in the world whether you come to God saying, I am truly sorry, and I mean never to do it again, or whether you come to God saying, I am truly sorry, but I have forgiven everyone who has injured me. Because in the one case, you come as an isolated individual, almost making a claim upon God because you have fulfilled his condition. In the other, you come as one member of God's family, knowing that you have no claim except what his love grants to all. Forgiveness. Friends, hate begets hate. And violence begets violence. And by faith, we know a deeper, more radical truth forgiveness. Forgiveness begets forgiveness. And once you've accepted the forgiveness of God, it's your turn to forgive others, no matter how much they have hurt you. One of the most powerful movies I've ever seen is Dead Man Walking. Do any of you remember that movie, Dead Man Walking? You know that while the convict was walking toward his execution, the hardest walk of all for himself and the others was the walk toward forgiveness. And in the movie, a couple lost their only child, a teenage son who was murdered. And, of course, they could not forgive the convict whom they knew had done it. Their lives were completely ruined. Oh, not because of the murder, but because they could not walk the hardest walk of all. God's tough love requirement of forgiveness. Let's not forget God lost his only son who was murdered. And God's final word in resurrection life is not anger nor bitterness, but forgiveness and love. The psalmist of old could pen these lines in Psalm 103. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. God will not always accuse, nor will he keep his anger forever. God does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is God's steadfast love toward those who fear him. As far as the, east is from the west so far he removes our transgressions from us as a father has compassion for his children so the Lord has compassion for those who love him when we forgive another we are not loving their behavior but we are accepting and loving them as a person and as a child of God The Lord's prayer and our praying renew the sense of God's forgiveness. Praying heightens our awareness of divine pardon. It is letting God lift the coffin lid so that we can all breathe again, regardless of whether we are forgiving or being forgiven. The Mennonite professor and theologian David Augsburger shares this insight. Since nothing we intend is ever faultless and nothing we attempt ever without error and nothing we achieve without some measure of finitude and fallibility we call humanness, we are all saved by forgiveness. So when it's just you and another person where there's a vendetta. Before embarking on the journey of vengeance, dig two graves. If you remember nothing else from this sermon, I hope you will remember this. To not forgive is to do something which is not in God's nature. To not forgive is to do something that is not in God's nature. Forgive as God in Christ has forgiven you. So I want to close this morning with both a story and a connection. First, a story. There's a stunning picture of forgiveness in The Great Hunger by John Bossier. The lead character, Pierre Holm, has been a famous engineer as a young man, but now his health is declining, and so is his social and financial standing. He spends his last days helping another person run a small business in the village where he grew up. He had a rude and crude neighbor who had a very vicious dog. One day, even though Pierre Holm had pleaded with the neighbor to no avail to keep the dog chained, the huge beast attacked Holm's small daughter and killed her. The dog was killed, and thereafter the village ostracized and shunned Pierre Holm's neighbor. In the spring, when the neighbor plowed his field, the merchants of the little village refused to even sell him any grain. So his field lay bare. One moonlit night, however, Pierre Holm took a half bushel of his own grain to his neighbor's field and sowed it. When the crops grew in the neighbor's field. And there was a bare spot in Pierre Holmesfield the townspeople ascertained what had happened. Why did you do it? They asked him, "Why did you do it? I did it that God might exist in our community. that God might exist in our community. God's nature is to give and to forgive. And now a connection. The Greek word for forgiveness is charizomai. Charisma is gift. And charis is grace. Forgiveness, gift, grace. Gra- God's grace is is giving and forgiving. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And as Paul urges, put away from you all bitterness, anger, and slander. Forgive one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. God's tough love requirement is all about forgiving and giving for Forgiving others as Christ has forgiven us, and giving for God's life among us out of all that we are and out of all that we have. So be it. And Amen.